Hello, and welcome to Recapping with Delora and Ashley. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Recapping Podcast. Also, rate, review, and subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the things. We want to hear your thoughts on the movies and shows we review. Leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts or our YouTube channel, and we will read them during the show. Or reach out to us on social media. We love talking all things entertainment and pop culture with you. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Hey, hey, new week. New week, and we're back to recapping movies. How about that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. We have had so much fun having in conversations and having guests to talk about everything from the blackening to Beyonce's Renaissance World Tour. And we back and we back with a TVT. One of my favorite movies of all time. (laughs) You know, we're now in fall and this movie just gives me such cozy vibes. And I was like, this is perfect for this time of year. Now, I know I'm in Ohio and you are in Florida. (laughs) So the leaves aren't quite changing the way they are around here. But I got me some warm apple cider, cozy up with my throat and exhale and say, just breathe. (laughs) (laughs) we are talking about ever after a cinderella story came out in 1998 it is a romance and drama it's two hours long released july 29th 1998 here's a quick summary this updated adaptation of the classic fairy tale tells the story of danielle drew barrymore a vibrant young woman who is forced into subservitude after the death of her father, Danielle's stepmother, the Baroness, played by the great Angelica Houston, is a heartless woman who forces Danielle to do the cooking and cleaning while she tries to marry off her own two daughters. But Danielle's life takes a wonderful turn when she meets a charming prince, Henry. Do Grace Scott. Here's the cast. Drew Barrymore as Daniela de Barbaric, Angelica Houston as Baroness. Do Grace Scott as Prince Henry. Patrick Godfrey as Leonardo da Vinci. Megan Dobbs as Marguerite. Melanie Linsky as Jacqueline. Janine Monroe as Great Dame, Timothy West as King Francis, and Judy Parfait as Queen Marie. The director is Andy Tennant, and he's also credited for screenwriter Suzanne Grant and Rick Parks. And shout out to Andy Tennant. I was looking at his profile on Rotten Tomatoes, and he got some hits. He's done Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> it takes two. That made me chuckle just Love a little that bit. Movie. Fool's Gold. Hitch. So he was in his bag in the, in the late 90s, early 2000s. Rotten Tomatoes gives this movie 91% from the critics. 84% from the audience and Google users give this film 76%. We like to give letter grades here. Ashley, what's your grade for Ever After? I actually don't have anything down at the moment. I feel like I struggle sometimes with throwbacks because it's like, do I grade based off of the nostalgia and the love I've had for the film over the years? Or do I grade it with like my eyes on this last watch? So if I grade it based off of my eyes this last watch, I still really enjoy Ever After. As I mentioned last week, it is my favorite film adaptation of Cinderella. There's still some parts I'm like, mm, okay, everything does not always age beautifully as it should. I'm especially like know those parts. Well, I mean more visually, like oh. how things look, how things feel, 
mm-hmm. as things get older. But I still really enjoy the acting, the detail and breadth of story we get from this version of Cinderella. Yes. And I think for those reasons, it still has to be like A minus, A minus for me. All right. For me, I am grading it off of both nostalgia and rewatching it for the recap because. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Again, I got a chance to introduce it to Amara, which was special. And I think it was well written because some of those lines still be hitting. hitting oh yeah, hard. it's still an enjoyable story. Absolutely. I just think when you look at stuff sometimes after a long time, it's like, oh yeah, it wasn't the best visual effects. It wasn't the best graphics, but they were working with what they had at the time. So it is and what I it thought, is. And they filmed it in France and you can definitely see that in terms of the castles and all that. I gave the movie still an A+. It's still one of my favorites and I look forward to watching it again. I, you know, it was on my list. It's available on Disney+. Plus. I forgot to mention that. It was on my list of things to watch, but you know how like sometimes when it comes to movies you've seen before, you're like, oh, I'll like to watch that again. I'll get to it. And you sometimes don't get around to it. I picked this up and I was, I was very delighted. You know, spoiler alerts are very interesting on TVDs, <laughs> but if you have not watched this movie, spoiler alert. All right, Ashley, as you mentioned, this is one of my favorite Cinderella adaptations as well. What I love about it was how they framed it as if this was the true story behind the Grimm's brothers fairy tale visiting royalty, the great dame. And she tells the story of Danielle de Babarek and getting the story straight. We have a flashback to when Danielle was young uh she was a vivacious young woman who was loved by her community and her father of course the father shows up and bring home these chicks the new stepmother <laughs> these <which> chicks. <laughs> stepdaughter. <laughs> and she's excited to have a family because it's been her and her father all those years he of course is a businessman and has to go off to work and on his way out, he, you know, seemingly had a heart attack and passed away. His final words he gave to his daughter, I love you. Ashley, it's, I feel like it's a little too soon to ask this question, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it. Was this the catalyst of the hateful, vindictive side of the Baroness towards Danielle? No, she was always going to be this person. It was only going to be a matter of time. Obviously, if Danielle's father had still been alive, he would have been able to be the head of household and protect her against whatever ill intentions her stepmother had. But this was within her character. You don't essentially force a child into slave labor willy-nilly. So that had to have always been within your character. And to be honest, they were newlyweds. They barely knew each other. That's true. So you it's you can't build up some strong resentment against his relationship with his child. You know what I'm yes, saying? Exactly. Well, I think it's interesting because in the flashback, again, young, happy Danielle, the manor had was full of servants and it was bright and happy. But you flash forward 10 years later and it's a much different vibe. It is giving scar over pride rock you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) it is no longer flourishing (laughs) the tapestries are missing this candlesticks there are literally two servants outside of danielle and they're the older women we find out that the baroness sold off maurice to pay her freaking taxes so much has changed. And what I love about this story, because one of the overarching questions that I've always had under the Cinderella story is like, why, why become the servant? Like, this is your home, right? What I love about this adaptation is it kind of answers some of those questions that you have after watching like the Disney adaptation from like the 1950s. And we find out that Danielle is very much aware of her surroundings and she is working hard on the manor because this is her home. 
and she is willing to get dirty to maintain it regardless on how poorly her stepmother manages it so danielle works very hard on her manner so much so that (laughs) she still refers to those horses as her dad horses because there is a man on the loose on a horse she throws an apple at and it turns out to be the prince what did you think about this mistaken identity meet cute it was definitely a fun one because it establishes their rapport very quickly in terms of like Danielle was not a damsel in distress throughout this entire film which is one of the reasons why it is my favorite of the film adaptations of Cinderella and with him playing this whole cloak and dagger situation and running away from the palace it makes total sense that Danielle would be alarmed and think that this is some type of thief that's trying to make off with her family's assets. And to your point, she's so fiercely loyal to the estate and to maintaining everything that her father worked for that, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to take you out and I'm going to do it with a show of force. So apologies once I realized who you were, but you had on a hood and all these exactly. things. So I, I I did what I had to do. Absolutely. But I did want to say one thing real quick about the whole situation with the Baroness letting the state go into disarray. Something Mm -hmm. I thought about heavily during this particular watch of it today, and maybe it's because we've talked about projects now like Bridgerton within a certain era of time and all that and the things women had to go through was what would the Baroness have been expected to do financially in order to maintain the estate? Could she Mm. get a job? Was she expected to remarry? Another thing I thought of was even at the levels that the Baroness was at in terms of status, I would think that it could have been a possibility that the estate would have been taken from her by the crown if there was not a male heir to take that property. Exactly, exactly. That's a great point, especially next of kin with the same last name. Absolutely. Great point. Well, the prince goes off with the horse and Danielle dresses up in her mother's gorgeous gowns to use the money she received from the prince to get Maurice back. I I was a little nervous. It's like Danielle was the type of character that was like so sweet and naive sometimes, but then so fierce. And I was like, I know she ain't about to show these 20 coins to her stepmother. <laughs> like this is not what we're going to do today okay <laughs> she's no but dummy. she was able to release maurice but that was not <laughs> without making a show of it i think one of the things that i love so much about this adaptation is the the relationship that was built between her and the prince it wasn't literally you know a 10 minute dance and it's like I'm in love exactly. <laughs> it's like oh we keep coming together fate keeps bringing us together and I but it's to also you. yeah exactly thank you that part it's I'm not just falling in love with you because you're some beautiful woman within my castle I'm falling in love with your passion your personality yes. the yes. fierce ness of your mind and the way you think like she challenged him throughout the entire film that's why I said even the meet cute immediately established what their rapport was going to be like because even at his status and even at her status she basically called him out on like you know nothing you're arrogant of course you don't (laughs) think about the lies of you know the the peasants in your kingdom and this and that so I loved Danielle for that especially at that time like you could have just easily been killed forever speaking (laughs) to a royal in this way exactly yes to your point she out here quoting utopia and he's just like who are you (laughs) and again she calls him out and says did you even look back at the others like yes you helped me with this one man but did you even take the time to see anyone else in that cart Yes, she made him think. Also keeping him sweating because she makes her introductions and she's like, okay, deuces, you know. And he's like, who are you? What is your name? And so she gives him Countess Nicole Delacre. And that is her mother's name. All right. So 
I think it's really hilarious that we get Leonardo da Vinci in this story. I think it's one of the most random things, but his character actually was one of my favorite characters throughout the movie. What I really enjoy is his relationship with both the prince and Danielle individually. So the prince is under a lot of pressure because his father made a marriage contract for him to marry the princess of Spain. And of course he wants to make a love match. So his dad's like, you know what? We got Leonardo da Vinci in residence. We're going to put on a masquerade. You got five days to find a bride (laughs) for love or you're marrying this chick. Now, again, it wasn't a 10 minute dance. Five days seems quite quick in today's <laughs> yeah courting habits but it it was giving it was giving more which i appreciate and i'm gonna you know give them the benefit of the doubt to that but he he started to philosophize with <laughs> leonardo like do you believe there's only one person in the world for someone do you believe in one perfect match And then again, like I say, when it comes to the quotes, he's like, fate has a lot to do. Give her a hand. (laughs) And so he says, fate has a lot to do. Give her a hand. Because at this point, you know, he wants to know everything about Nicole. But again, they run into each other yet again. While Danielle was out, out here swimming. I just love the banter. Why you irritate me so? He's like, why do you rise to the occasion? (laughs) Oh my goodness. What did you think about Leonardo's character in this film? He was the MVP of their love match. I mean, he helped later on to, you know, solidify their relationship. Not necessarily more than some of the other characters because there was a lot of scheming going on that had to be resolved throughout this film. But I think because he had a solid relationship with both of them, he was able to play the role of somebody who came from started from the bottom now we're here in the movie like somebody who could have the admiration of the prince to have his ear but also have the mentality of what it was like to be of a lower station and be able to relate and understand Danielle from that perspective so he like bridged the gap for me between the two worlds that they're coming from and so he was a great support system for them in that way I agree so as I mentioned, the, the prince is on a mission to find a bride and the Baroness and Marguerite are very much pygmies in this film. The fact that the Baroness gets someone on payroll is just like, she is ruthless, ruthless. He has a tennis match. Marguerite's the one that finds the ball. Now, the one thing I will give Marguerite is she is giving face card never declines. I will give her that. Okay. <laughs> But her ugliness was just so undeniable, Ashley. I think that's part of the reason why I love this movie so much growing up is because I felt I felt the visceral reactions to their behaviors. And even rewatching it, it's just like, how could you be so crude? So it, it was just unfathomable. And obviously she gets it from her mother because mm-hmm. the one that the Baroness had with Danielle telling her, well, I'm hard on you because my mother was hard on me. And she said that I had to wash my face 20 times a day. I'm like, where'd they do that at? You know, the idea is to maintain <laughs> moisture. Do you want wrinkles? Like I, and then it's just, you know, it also reminded me of a newer example of like Tangled, the whole mother knows best where it's like, I'm not blatantly evil, even though the Baroness is, we'll get there. But it's the, it's the, the sneers and the jabs that they make underhanded saying, you look just like your father and oh, you're, you're masculine and you're built for hard labor. Bitch, what? I definitely think that Marguerite is her mother's daughter and is a product of her environment. But at the same time, um, she definitely has a different temperament than her own sister, who also grew up in that environment and knew better and chose better in most circumstances than her. So I cannot give Marguerite just a pass to be like, well, your mother's horrible. So of course you're going to be horrible. 
not necessarily I, I think marguerite was spoiled and entitled because she was her mother's favorite and because your yes. point, she was considered beautiful um right. so it made her this really bratty but she was also to your point just like her mother extremely cruel and i think that's worse than just being mean they weren't just mean yes. they were cruel people yes and that's why I yes. despise them so much. Because <laughs> in certain this... other adaptations, like the the mother, stepmother was mean. Yes. But they were cruel. Absolutely. In another random meetup, the prince goes to the house to meet Nicole for a trip to the monastery library. There, they strengthen their connection and he is moved by her passion and her conviction. On their way back... The tire of their carriage breaks and they walk. And because she's so adventurous, she takes off her dress and climbs up to figure out where in the world they were so they can make it back. And they run into a group of gypsies. I think he was sold a lot sooner than this. But when she made the deal with the gypsy man of like, I can take whatever I can carry. And then she picks him up. I was like, oh, this is perfect but one of my favorite lines he was like you swim alone you climb rocks he's like is there anything you don't do and she said fly (laughs) i love this movie so much Um, (laughs) oh and then speaking of him being smitten when he invited her to the library she said you have found my weakness but i have yet to find yours and he's like isn't it obvious you know me the romantic here, swoon. <laughs> They're getting ready for the masquerade. Marguerite and the Baroness keeps putting their filthy hands on Daniel's mom's clothes repeatedly. Cruel. Like I said, this is how you know that they are disgusting people and that they could care less about anybody but themselves. I think Daniel's forays with the prince made her bold because they got really aggressive with taking her stuff when she slept in and they were like what's for breakfast and she's like you got two hands (laughs) but nothing was more satisfying to me than when speaking of the cruelty danielle's like why you got my mom's clothes and shoes those are my mother's and she's like yes and she's dead when Danielle punched her in the face, that was one of the most satisfying moments in the movie for me, Ashley. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Flipped over the bed. Absolutely. You deserve that and then some, in my opinion, because for one, the audacity. And then for two, to let those words fall out of your mouth like that. Like, you lucky all she got in was that one hit. That part. She was that trying part. to, she said, I'm about to rip, what she said, your hair out or something like that, she said. <laughs> And I was rooting for her. I was like, get her, Danielle, get her. But again, speaking to that cruelty, there was like your father's book or your mother's shoes. They were holding that over her and they still took both from her. Whew. And they gave her a freaking lashing. It would have taken a lot for me to not uh, kill them in their sleep <laughs> or poison them. I was like, Danielle was sick, 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 and shit. Oh my gosh, Ashley. That's crazy. That's nuts. And then that's when Jack Jacqueline pissed me off when she was talking to her as she was, was putting stuff on her back and like to you know you, you you know you brought this on yourself and this is not like girl excuse me what Ashley you took the question right out of my mouth because I'm like what do you think Jacqueline's role is here is it to side with her sister to give empathetic eyes I was thinking about it in terms of of our modern day and it's giving black square for black life matters on social media mm. <laughs> mm. it's like black square but mm. are you going to do anything about it are you going to say something about it like what are you actively doing to change this situation i think she's like the equivalent for sure of someone who knows slight oppression but it still knows that they're above you. So she's definitely not black. You know what I'm saying? She's definitely not a black person. She struggle adjacent, but will easily be like, what, you have it worse than me. So we're good. 
because you see the moments where like she recognizes like oh if it wasn't for Danielle this would be the station you would have me in like when she was like Jacqueline go boil an egg she's like see I knew it you know what I'm saying so it's always like I can I feel bad for you Danielle but you got to stay here because if you're not in this position that I'm gonna be in that position you know what I'm saying and so that's why me and Jacqueline like on this on this watch I'm like you know Jacqueline would she might still be on my list remember Aria had that list on Game of Thrones like you might still be on my list sis because (laughs) you know what's the one quote from MLK like you're you you see injustice but you're not actively doing anything about it you see what they're doing to me you see what's happening and yet you justify it and say that I brought it on myself when you up here seeing the scars I'm about to have on my back from them whipping me this is my father's house I have played a submissive role for 10 years to help keep this roof over everybody's head but I brought this on myself Mm. y'all lucky I don't burn the house down with all of y'all in it like this could be Cinderella could be a very dark tale you know what I'm saying very very I agree very dark tale y'all lucky that she is the opposite of her stepsister and her stepmother she has all the compassion and all of the kindness that they are lacking absolutely marguerite shows up to tea with the queen with a black eye (laughs) talking about she saved a baby where how (laughs) and then they find out that the woman that that the prince has been obsessed with is in fact danielle (laughs) because she's been using her mother's name some of that evilness came out talking about it was a b but when danielle shows up to the ruins with the prince that scene just oh it breaks my heart but i'm like sis i need for you to say what you need to say okay because y'all playing at this point right the whole point he is was to let coming him in know hot, though he was coming in so <laughs> hot though he was so ready he's like you are the one I cannot wait to make you my wife. Like, you see her over here. Do you not see her sobbing? Like, do you not see her in tears? You did not notice how uncomfortable she was? Like, I need for you to be a little bit more aware, right? He has no emotional intelligence or awareness in this film. He really does not. He lacks it. He is very laser focused on what he wants. On what he wants in himself. Exactly. But again, he's so inspired by her that he's proposing a library for everyone. And, you know, he's he's ready to make her his wife. But because of that tea, they lied to the queen and told her that she is meant to be engaged and shipped off. I think, was it to the Americas or somewhere not there, right? <laughs> it was definitely not there. I don't think it was the Americas either. It was somewhere like another country but I don't think it was the Americas. It was like Belgium or something like that. Yeah, right, right. So he's completely heartbroken. And this is leading up to the masquerade where he is supposed to make his grand announcement. Danielle is through. She has found love and she lost it. She is sick of the games that her stepmother and stepsisters play. When she called them out and was like, are you upset that I'm common or that I'm competition? I was like, those are bars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> those are street bars. They can't find the dress that they intended to steal from her and had the nerve to be yelling at her about it. Ashley, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she said, where are all the things from my house? She said, I would rather rot than see my mother's dress on that spoil selfish cow i was like speak on it sis speak on it big facts shout out to pamela and louise okay they were the mvp along with leonardo da vinci the the servant ladies at the manor yeah they were the fairies and leonardo was the fairy godfather yes i love that ashley exactly and Gustav, can we talk about how amazing that casting was from Gustav being that little boy to the grown young man? I'm like, y'all did that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they got Gustav to go off to tell 
somebody at the castle what was going on with Danielle because her situation was pretty dire. And it's Leonardo to the rescue. One of the things that I loved about him was how we were talking about this earlier. He was such a good influence. And she's like, but I'm just a commoner. And I don't know if I really believe that. Like, didn't her father have some status? And like, wouldn't she inherit that? Like her parents weren't necessarily just any old body. They, she became a commoner because her stepmother made her a commoner or. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. Like her father owned that estate. They never said necessarily what his title was, but obviously he had some level of stature and her mother was a contest. So yeah, they definitely, but again, that's the, the little bit of the gray area in terms of how all of that is handled in this film for this era of like right. title and land and all these things because right. they also kind of make it seem like Angelica Houston may have worked her way up to the title she ended up being by the time that we come back 10 years later but it was never a hundred percent clear because who knows we weren't around right. <laughs> like and he reminds her he's like I'm a bastard son of a peasant so that doesn't make you know make you who you are and she's like a bird may fall in love with the fish but where would they live and he said then i will make you wings (laughs) fairy godfather love it love it love it i really enjoyed the sets in this movie um as i mentioned before they filmed this movie in France on real chateaus I watched the Drew Barrymore show when she had Marguerite and Jacqueline on to celebrate the 25 year anniversary of the movie and apparently they were living it big they talked about partying on bars in Paris and they had to tell them to get off the bar they also talked about taking nude pictures in the fields i was like is this what we do (laughs) well drew barrymore i'm not surprised if i'm honest drew drew used to live her best life she surely did i'm glad that you brought that up too because you she talked about her career in hollywood and obviously she was the kid star but then she was you know she dealt with her addiction issues and then she was blacklisted (laughs) and then she wanted to be you know viewed as an adult and not just a kid so she played some bad girl roles quote unquote but she said this movie helped her get her where she wanted to be in her career because she was a young woman who wasn't necessarily a bad girl you know quote unquote and it it allowed her to to do so much more in her career and i i love that story because we rooted for drew we knew she had a hard life but in my household my mom met drew barrymore like one time in the early 90s and she says she was so sweet and ever since then we're like we're rooting for drew barrymore <laughs> so this movie along with driving in cars with boys and um, never been kissed I was like yes I've I followed her career for a very very long time <laughs> mm-hmm. she's definitely been unproblematic for the most part for me in terms of my fandom of Drew over mm-hmm. the years and for her career and she has this lovable quality because you've seen her through so many stages of her development to your point but she's always been so like human Cause you know, there's some people who yes. they grew up in Hollywood and they seem so out of this world or untouchable or not relatable. Yes. And she just has always seemed like super down to earth to have been in that world her entire life. So yeah. This masquerade was gorgeous, by the way. Of course, the Baroness does what she does best and embarrass the hell out of Danielle. <laughs> Calling her out saying she is no contest, Nicole. She is my servant. And when she tried to tell Henry, like, Henry, hear me out. He wasn't checking for her. And of course, she runs away and leaves a shoe. Did you expect anything less (laughs) from the prince at this point of the film? I did not expect anything less. The moment I always think about where he has his back to her, she's like, Henry, he's like, do not address me so informal, madam. 
Like that's the coldest of cold shoulders you could have gave her in this public spectacle that's happening. But again, I think he was just so laser focused on everything. Like Danielle made him a better man. Let's just say absolutely flat out but also the line you know you keep talking about just breathe but the line that i always think about when i think ever after is danielle danielle when da vinci is calling (laughs) after her when she's running away like that sticks in my head because he even if the prince wasn't willing to fight for da vinci was eventually like she's your match what are you doing you're so silly right now what's happening like you get challenged by this one thing you just crumble it's like you don't deserve her. Mm-hmm. And that's facts. He may be Agreed. royalty, but she has the better character. Exactly. Love that. So the next day, the Baroness, whew, she is literally rubbing everything in Danielle's face, just antagonizing her while Danielle is doing all the chores, saying, Oh, he was going to announce Marguerite before you interrupted the announcement which we all know that was a lie danielle finally confronts her and says like you know all i ever wanted was a mother right like did you ever love me and the response of how can you love a pebble in your shoe cruel and then it gets worse because i call this the arrangement from hell in exchange for all the things that the Baroness is sold off from the estate, claiming that it was stolen and taking money out of her servants' pockets for. She trades it all for Danielle's life to this nasty man. What's his, his teeth. name? Ugh, his teeth. It was were rough. Disgusting. Pierre Le Pew. Like Pepe. Like, exactly. He would have been man, a good hook. That's what I was thinking. I was like, he would have yes, been a good hook. Captain. Hook. I agree. I agree. The wedding. Between him and the princess of Spain was one of the funniest scenes to me. And it still is to me because the way she was crying and she went for that, she went to that man. (laughs) You know what I'm trying to say? (laughs) Like you want him over, over him? Must be real love. That's love. But they were shitting on Spain in this film. Not going to lie. They were. (laughs) <laughs> Marguerite called her a Spanish pig at one point. They were saying, well, anything would be better than Spain. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, what was there? Is this historically accurate? Or are we just shitting on Spain just because in this film? Once you brought that up, because one of the things that I realized watching it in today's eyes is it had a bit of camp to it. Angelica Houston's performance I was like she was doing a lot of eyebrow acting I don't think I've seen that many eyebrow <laughs> movements in my entire life oh my Bring, goodness she was just bringing a little bit of that uh Adam's family oh, for everybody for everybody I mean some of these lines had me cackling she's like do not speak until you can improve the silence another line she was like nothing's final until you're dead and then i'm sure guys negotiates not with you boo oh not with, with you. you not with you but i was just like okay i'm feeling some of this campiness a little bit here and i'm i don't hate it i don't hate it so we get to the the end of this movie where henry comes to his freaking senses and tries to rescue danielle but guess what she does it for herself mm-hmm. bravo 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 again she out here saving him she's saving herself like this is what we love about this movie but i will say his his proposal was the sweetest and the thing that i also thoroughly enjoy about this movie is even though the cruelty was so palpable because like I used to be enraged like there were a few villains growing up that really stuck with me in in a way that I was like if I were to meet you in real life I wouldn't be able to see past you in this character and that was Marguerite the Baroness in this movie and freaking Glenn Close from (laughs) the 101 (laughs) television Glenn Close was an amazing bad guy amazing oh and uh who played hook in hook dustin hoffman 
actors okay we were eating when we were kids we had all these great movies and great villains i may be uh an outlier but i didn't hate hook i tried i wanted to understand hook that's why i said if i can get a villain origin story i want he is there was something in dustin hoffman's performance that had a vulnerability that i mm-hmm. like want to better understand about that Interesting. character yeah even as a kid i was like there's some layers to hook that I need to get a better to get a better <laughs> grasp on this rivalry with children. I need to what's going on, sir? What's happening? Make it make sense. Even though there were major lows, there were some wonderful highs that I love so much about this film is how it concludes the setup of the century. Marguerite and the Baroness dress up to go to the palace. They think that this is it. Marguerite is about to be the next queen of France. And the first thing the king asks her when she gets into that throne room, he's like, did you or did you not lie to the queen of France? And she was like, this was not how I thought this conversation was going to go. And the queen said, be mindful of your words, Baroness, for they may be your last. Oh, and of course, when he was like, Marguerite, have you met my wife? Mm, I was mm, like, mm. when everybody bowed to her, I was like, this is this is the stuff of legend. I love this. So it was the, it was the it was the eyeshadow and simplicity of the makeup on Drew for yes. me in that scene. Like she was so yes. beautiful she was but still so her you know what i'm saying it's like oh why did she it wasn't an extreme of now i'm the queen it's like i'm still me but look at this refined beauty of the makeup and the dress like it was just a really nice moment to me and the fact that girl your kindness radiates because off with her head (laughs) listen her head wasn't nobody going to speak for her judgment was in her hands ashley And she said, I will grant you the same courtesy you bestowed upon me. It's probably for them a fate worse. It's probably for them a fate worse than death, honestly. Death would have been swift, whereas now (laughs) they have to live out their days as servants in the quarters of the kingdom. The other thing about Drew's appearance is she was wearing that necklace Yes. That Marguerite, re- quote unquote, returned. Yep, absolutely. Because guess what, baby? We wear the royal jewels. <laughs> now they're all stolen, but we're wearing the royal jewels. Oh, it's always funny. You know what they say that like white audiences can't relate to like black characters. And I'm like, people of color have been able to relate to all types of people and and see themselves in all characters for like forever and you know like, what they're saying they're saying all white people are the prince where they're so up on that pedestal high horse of life that you cannot understand the experiences of anyone that you don't you've never walked in their shoes or cared to even look down at their shoes you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what that means. That's what somebody's saying, <laughs> basically. But what I also loved about this movie, as we conclude this recap, is the use of real life, real life mixed into this particular fairy tale. And that's the Leonardo da Vinci portrait of Head of a Woman from 1508. That actually exists. And the fact that they got a chance to modify it so it can look like Drew Barrymore's character. I love that so much. Movie ends by stating that her portrait was hung in the famous library that the prince promised until the revolution and they lived happily ever after. Ashley, what are your final thoughts on Ever After? Like I said, still my favorite film adaptation. And I keep saying film adaptation because the Brandy rendition is my favorite overall. Exactly. It's my favorite feature film adaptation of Cinderella. And for the themes and for the um, role that Drew had a chance to play in this. And just the, I think one of the things that sticks with me too is that it's it's a more visceral experience in terms of like everybody's yes. um, characters because we spend longer in the various 
things that are going on between, to your point, the love story between her and the prince being longer and them having more time to get to know each other to the cruel treatment between her and her family and stepsisters yes. and stepmother. Like all mm-hmm. of it just made it like a much more palpable experience than we've gotten in other adaptations where things move much more quickly and it's about the pretty dress yes. and all that shit. Exactly. Um, so I think for all those reasons, like this definitely still holds up for me um, in terms of uh, everybody's work that they put into this film. And it's going to continue to be in the canon of, you know, Cinderella's, but it's, it stands shoulders above most of the rest. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley, you said it beautifully. Love this movie. Love, like you said, the journey it takes us on it is one of my favorite film adaptations as well brandy's cinderella came out in 1997 this came out in 1998 we were we were eating good back in the day ashley we had all (laughs) all the films again just breathe she looks so gorgeous with those wings oh i'm glad we got a chance to do this one ashley so with that being said time for hidden gems so we have not had hidden gems in a little bit. And because of that, I have four. Could have been more, but I whittled them down. Because <laughs> I feel like I've been on a been on a binge of watching stuff lately. So here are my top four at the moment, guys. The other black girl on Hulu, which we will be recapping. This show dropped in September. Rashida Jones is an executive producer, and it's adapted from the book of the same name by Zakia Delilah Harris. Um, it's based in the literary world with an editorial assistant who's tired of being the only black girl at her company in her office. <laughs> and when another black girl gets hired, she discovers something sinister is actually going on. Now, people who have read the book, you may think you know what's going to happen, but you do not. You will get some surprises as there are changes. So, okay. I thought it was really worth a watch and discussion especially as black women because there's a lot to digest and process garcelle's in this again this is going to be another one that she has dipped her toe in from survival of the thickest that we recap previously so happy yes. to see her in her acting bag um and this is 10 episodes so be sure to check this one out guys my second one is wilderness on amazon prime This is also based on a novel by the same name by D.E. Jones. And it's a story of a young married British couple who are living in New York City. And their happily ever after is not quite what it had seemed. It's a tale of betrayal and revenge. Six episodes. Interesting, interesting journey. There were points I had to pause because I just got really really invested for a minute and so emotionally I was in a little bit of a roller coaster Ashley Benson from Pretty Little Liars fame is one of the uh characters in this um and it was just a ride so definitely check this one out on Amazon Prime another Amazon Prime feature that I watched this is way lighter and it's called With Love it follows the Diaz family on their journeys in life and in love it's a bit cheesy it's rom Comish, to be honest but because of that it made it an enjoyable watch if you're looking for something a little more lighthearted. two seasons of that show are out currently and my final one on apple tv plus the supermodels four episodes yes, yes, yes. docuseries looking at the careers of naomi campbell cindy crawford linda evangelista and christy turlington and their dominance in the modeling world that shifted the industry. I hope that a lot of Gen Zers watch this because if y'all thought that Kendall Jenner and Gigi Hadid were the (laughs) models who were made the transition to celebrity status and all these things, you're incorrect. Correct. Okay, incorrect. And not only that, but you get a deep dive into all of their stories like how they grew up how they got into the industry their relationships together their relationships separately like they dive into so much in this even health issues that Linda Evangelista has gone through it was such a comprehensive they talk about race and racial issues with you know Naomi Campbell they didn't shy away from any of that 
So I just thought it was a really well done four episode docu-series. And I think everybody should check it on Apple TV Plus. So those are my hidden gems this week, Delora. What about you? Thank you, Ashley. I have one this week and it is on YouTube. It is called Father's Day, a Kurt Franklin story. Man, oh man, oh man. This dropped literally 12 days ago and it has millions of views, Ashley. Like Kurt Franklin, gospel superstar, frankly. I mean, he's been in the game for so many years and he has so many legit hits. He's immensely talented. He's been very open about his personal life and saying that he was adopted and having a strained relationship with his mother and not knowing his father uh through the years he has been able to find his father he's actually had some issues with his older son and the man that he thought was his father turned out not to be his father and he took a dna test and found that his biological father lives like literally so many minutes outside of his recording studio. So this story is a touching one. I appreciate his vulnerability in sharing his story because this has to be very difficult because he's processing in real time a lot of times. And so I it's it's a really good story. And it talks a lot about family dynamics and family secrets. We talked about that last week when we talked a little bit about Carrie Washington's new book coming out. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's about, what is it about like 20 minutes long or like 25, 30 minutes long. So it was really good. Highly recommend. Okay. Well, thank you for that. My brother had recommended that as well. So I'll definitely have to check that out. All right. Well, guys, guess what? It's all we got for you today. But we'll be back, as always, with more. We'll be checking out what's going on on these pop culture streets. Please feel free to share this episode with your friends, family, loved ones. Drop us a rating or a review. We so appreciate it. We appreciate your time, your listenership, your love. Absolutely. We have a birthday coming up, Ashley. We have our birthday anniversary coming up we're about to turn three years old three milestone for us milestone in the podcasting game only more good things to come amen we appreciate y'all so much those of you who have been our day ones and those who are just getting into the tea with us thank you so much we love you guys so much we hope we're delivering what you want if not feel free to shoot us a message and let us know what you would like because we're open. (laughs) Absolutely. Love you, Ashley. Love you too, girl. In the meantime, guys, as always, be blessed. Bye. Bye.